Спасибо. Thank you for joining me today. This is Alex Amchislavsky checking in from the south side of the East Aru. We're in the Rocky Mountains and we're about to make some Lachaims. This is a three-minute segment of a four-week series that talks about the Jewish connection with Lachaims. The word of the day is Reinheitsgebot. But first, let's start with a Lachaim. There are so many blessings in our life, and you're always invited to join me for a drink. You deserve it. Today, I'm drinking some honey orange triple from New Belgium. Oh, I miss tubing down the Pooter in Fort Collins and ending up at New Belgium for a nice cold one. Those were the days, my friends. Today, we'll make this Lachaim to family. They support us when we need them most and even when we don't deserve it. Much love to the fam. What's the ancient blessing on a Colorado classic? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Malach HaOlam Shehakol As we continue to learn more about beer this week, from Colorado, one of the world's capitals of beer, we must give credit where it's due. The Reinheitsgebot was the German purity law of 1516, and perhaps the only pure German contribution to society. This restricted beer production to water, barley, and hops. Silly Germans forgot to include yeast until 1906, oy The ironic thing is that this actually helps us ensure beer is kosher to this very day. Some of the most pressing kashrut concerns around beer come exactly from the ingredients, with many microbreweries including all kinds of funky things in their recipes, like micheladas including clam juice, ideomium. Another important element is clarifiers, which often come from an unkosher pork or beef source. Obviously, kosher beer must use a kosher solution like isinglass, a type of collagen from fish. This helps remove particulate matter from the beer and make the drink look more attractive. The final concern has to do with equipment, and of course this means that only kosher ingredients are used in the system. But this also applies to storage. A fun new trend is sour beers that are barrel-aged. This can be created by introducing lactobacillus, which is a rod-shaped bacilli from milk, or aging the beer in wine barrels. Wine barrels are all kinds of problems if the original wine was not kosher, but using lactobacillus in a steel kettle is the easiest kosher option. So, what was Jewish life like under the Reinheitsgebot? In the Middle Ages, Germany embraced beer, but by law, Jews were barred from brewing the national drink. That didn't change until the 1800s, but Jews became central to the beer industry anyways. By growing a flower called hops, which is a crucial ingredient in beer, thanks to the Reinheitsgebot, we muscled our way in. By the time the Nazis rose to power in the 1930s, Jews controlled about 70% of the German hops industry. Ironically, the purity of German beer was noted with a mark that looked decidedly Jewish, a six-pointed star, much like, though not related to, the Jewish Star of David. The different points represented the different elements that went into making beer. What's the lesson of the day? Purity is important to our body, mind, soul, and beer. Our sages teach us that it, there is something to learn from everyone, even the Germans. Remember, when we say lechayim, it should be to bring ourselves closer to purity and clarity, just like a delicious Reinheitsgebot beer. <laughs> <laughs>